0: He will be executed, and as we looked at before, he's hoping that Timothy, his spiritual son, can get back to him before he is executed. The Apostle Paul knows that that is coming. And we're, we're looking at the end of the book here. Paul could have said a lot of things, but what he says here is very, very vital It also gives us a window into the Apostle Paul's heart. It gives us a window into his life. How would you act if you were facing the end of your life? And we should be thinking about this every day as we live our lives and we follow Christ. Well, I'm going to look at two points this morning. Not three as usual, two points. And when we talk about the God of justice, we have to realize that God is, is a God that will judge the world. Nobody's going to escape. Nobody's going to get out of it. Uh, those that are saved will stand before the beam of seat of Christ. Here comes the train right on time. Every, every Sunday morning at this point. I think they did that just to mess with my sermon. But anyway, the first point I want to look at this morning is God will punish evil. And he starts with vengeance. Alexander, this is in verse 14, 14a. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. And the word here, harm, kakos, is an interesting word. That word means to injure. Now the issue here is, the underpinnings of this is obviously evil, and the idea is to cause harm to someone. In reality, it usually refers to attacking someone's character and undercutting the character. So Alexander Coppersmith, we don't know too much about him, but we do know in 1 Timothy 1.6 that the Apostle Paul had turned him over to Satan to learn not to blaspheme. So it is possible that this Alexander uh, coppersmith was and the and coppersmith much like a sheep metal worker today um, he was probably saved the apostle paul doesn't hand somebody over to Satan to learn how to follow Christ unless they're saved. And the the, the amazing point here is that, that the apostle Paul says that he was out to injure my character. Now let's talk about our lives today talk about where we live. You have somebody in your life that is always trying to needle you. You have somebody in your life that's always undercutting or trying to tear down your your character. Well, the Apostle Paul can understand that. Of course, he's in prison now, Rome. And I remember many times through ministry I have encountered all kinds of people and I'm going to say this 98% of all church members including my church here today well 100% today but 98% overall have been very supportive of my ministry but there has always been one or two in every church that has tried to undercut my ministry tried to undercut my character some of those were pretty blatant some of them were quite ira- uh, unbelievable uh, a deacon in my church came up to me on a Wednesday evening I had talked about uh, was talking about King Solomon and Solomon says do not be excessively evil this deacon in a southern Baptist church walked up to me and he goes pastor how evil can I be so not everybody is going to like you please remember that you are not always going to be popular with everybody your goal as a christian is to live for christ and don't worry about trying to get even now you'll notice the apostle paul immediately says immediately says Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. Now notice this next line, it is very important as we live our lives. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. The word repay there, Apadidomi, Apadidomi, and that means to reward or to pay back, to compensate. I would like to remind us all of Romans chapter twelve, verses seventeen to nineteen. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Rome. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. He goes on and he says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The next line, very, very important. Do not take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay says the Lord I get it somebody hurts you somebody says something false about you somebody lies about you somebody tries to tear down your character I get it the first response is how am I going to get this person back The Apostle Paul is in prison. Now think about this for a second. The Apostle Paul is in prison. I'm going to show his jail cell. A little better picture today than I put up a couple of weeks ago. Paul is in prison looking out the prison walls. And he says, may the Lord repay him. I'm not going to try to get back. I'm not going to try to get even. I'm not going to make a plan. And, you know, I learned this early on in my ministry. I was a young pastor, 33 years old. It seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, there was one gentleman (laughs) that I would just visualize things happening to. And, and, And I realized that that's not right. That's not how we live our Christian life. That's not how we roll. We don't try to make plans of how, okay, if I do this, I can get back at this person and it will trump what they did to me. That's not how we live. That is not how we live our Christian lives. In fact, I I would say this. God will not bless that. We have to be very careful as we live our Christian lives to do what's right. Even in the midst of evil. Even in the midst of hurt and pain. And and I'm going to say this. I get this. People hurt us. People do hurt us. Thankfully, I've not had that happen in a long time. But I can tell you this, if somebody has hurt you, maybe even this week or last week, you need to let it go. You need to put it down. Think of yourself as, as the Apostle Paul in prison. The word deeds here are really acts. And really do have to be really careful because... Uh, I think, particularly if you go to other Christians and you say, this, this is what happened to me. This is what this person did to me. I think you actually lose credibility. Because the Bible says, if you have something against your brother, you go to him and talk one-on-one. Now, in Paul's case, he didn't have that opportunity, but he was serious about later on as we go through this. We just need to be very careful that we don't stoop to the same level that they stooped to try to hit us. (laughs) Alexander the coppersmith did me harm, but the Lord will repay him. And then in verse 15, he gives a warning. He talks about vengeance there. We're not going to strike back. We're going to talk now about a warning. Beware of him yourself. For he strongly opposed our meshe- message. That is the heart. The word be, uh, beware there is fulasso, and that means to guard. Now this is very interesting. For those of you that have your smartphones, and tablets, those that are watching by Facebook, you'll see I put some army soldiers up there in a in a tower. Uh, they are guarding. They're changing the guards, and they're guarding an area uh, that has sensitive information in it. And here's the thing, the, the Apostle Paul says, yeah, Alexander Coppersmith, he did me harm, but listen, I want you to beware of him. I want you to be on guard. Now, not only on guard from the fact that you may be unlike Paul and want to strike back on this person, but be on guard and watch that person very closely. Listen, there are some people that you do not need in your life. It doesn't mean that that you don't love them, but there's some people that are more negative in your life than should be. And the apostle Paul is 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 clear here. I don't think Paul is lashing out. I think Paul's genuinely concerned that Timothy be careful around this guy because of his history. Just because somebody claims to be a Christian, it may or may not be true. But the fact is, some people you do not need to associate with. There are people that are not good influences on your life. And at the same time, the Apostle Paul would say, Leave the wrath to God. You live your life and be extremely careful how you live your life so that you don't become like them. That was one of the earliest lessons I learned as a pastor. I'm not going to scheme the way that they schemed to get me. And, and trust me, in my first church, it was rough. My first full-time church was rough, and it, it, it was a bigger church. Of course, a bigger church, the more people have targets out on you. we got to be careful, brothers and sisters, that we don't become like them. I love what my friend Newt Larson said here about this. Paul exhibited a balance in his approach. I totally agree with this. On the one hand, he refused personal revenge or plots of retaliation. Absolutely true. The apostle Paul says he did me harm. He tried to hurt my character. He tried to hurt my message. But I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave all that to God. I've got bigger things to worry about. Listen, the more you carry this stuff, the more you're burdened, and the more you can't live your life for Christ. So Paul says, I'm gonna leave it to God. And then my friend Newt Larson says this. On the other hand he rejected gullibility and stupidity and warned timothy to be careful there's the balance there is the balance i'm not going to strike out at this person even though everything in my being is saying get even with him or her and on the other end you can't be so gullible as to keep forgiving people and you should But there's some people that simply don't need to be in your life. That's what I'm telling you. You need to be very careful. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're a doormat. You have to live your life in in, in balance. The, The people that have caused you harm, you should pray for them. You should love them, but you can love them at a distance and be fine. That's the way I like to look at it. Fulapso also carries the idea, you getting this? Listen to this. It not not only carries the idea of guarding closely, but secondly, to keep away from. This is from one of the greatest apostles there is. He hurt me. I'm going to leave it to God, and I'm going to guard myself and keep away from that person. Again, we don't play the game That people play against us. I'll tell you. That's that's easier said than done, right? Can I get an amen? That's easier said than done. And I realize this is a tough thing to look at. The good news though. God will punish evil. Listen, there's a day coming when God will settle every score. He knows what happened to you in your life. I'm going to say something on a, on a, per, a personal pastoral level here. If, if you don't live like this, And you don't let it go. It is like a cancer that will eat you up. If you hang on to something. I have seen Christians that are bitter. Where does that bitterness It comes from something they've held on to. You have got to let go, and I have got to let go of this stuff and and submit it to the one who will settle the scores at the end. God knows where you've been hurt. God's not removed from you. He's near you. He knows where you live. He's, He's walked in your shoes. And I told somebody this week, You be the better person. You rise above this. Disassociate anything you have on Facebook, Twitter, any account. Just disassociate because you don't need this in your life. I don't know, maybe this is speaking to somebody here today. God wanted me to preach this for some reason, but uh, maybe those of you that are watching by Facebook, maybe you need to hear this. But God will punish evil, and here's the rub. God will protect us. God will punish evil, but he will protect us. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Mike. Paul didn't get ultimate protection. He wound up dying for the faith. Paul addresses that here. Listen to this. At my first defense, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, this. This shed light this sheds light on something bigger here. He just said, I am not going to take any you know the uh, I'm gonna tell you something, the uh, the apostle Paul could have listed names. You know that. He could have written names. But don't but notice what he says. At my first offense no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. It's an interesting interpretation of verse 16. By the way, that's where this is. And Paul talks about forgiveness. There were some scholars who believe that the reference here is to Acts 28, 16 to 31. However, when you read Acts 16, or Acts 28, 16 to 31, you really find no evidence of an abandonment. So that really needs to be kind of pushed aside. I don't. I don't see that. We're we're talking Second Timothy. Paul is in prison in Rome now, and so uh, there has to be something else to this. Well, I think there is. The first defense, prima actio. Prima actio was a uh, Roman term, really Latin term, but was applied then it's very much like a grand jury today prima actio and it is possible that when the apostle paul says at my first defense he is talking about this grand jury type of setting at that trial paul would say nobody showed up do you know what the purpose of a grand jury is The purpose of a grand jury is to determine if there's evidence to convict the person or at least send it to a trial. So you could say it this way. At that trial, at that initial trial, everybody abandoned him. Nobody would go. There is a second term which was used, succunda actio. And that was a term for a second deliberation of the judge. The judge not finding anything or investigates further. In either case, it is a longer time. Now, can you imagine? I want you to think about think about yourself for a second. You've got all these friends and Christians. You're on trial. And your lawyer goes to your friends and says, Will you please come and be a character witness for my client? And nobody shows up. Can you imagine that? The Apostle Paul says, At my first defense, at my prima actio, nobody showed up. They deserted me. I said I was going to show you a picture of Paul's jail cell in Rome this is where scholars believe it is it's much better than the one I showed last time you'll notice there's a hole in the ground for him to use the bathroom there's nothing else in there it's disgusting it's filthy <laughs> I don't know I don't know I, I might have been I might have been uh, like where did everybody go Have you ever felt like that in your life? Where would everybody go? Where are my friends? None of us, myself included, none of us have experienced what the Apostle Paul did. You know what Paul's doing here? He's rising above. He's focused on the kingdom of God. He's focused on living a Christ-centered life in that environment. I would encourage you to go home. Those of you that are out here watching or not watching it, on, I want you to go look at this. This is where the, the Apostle Paul was being held. He was alone. What was running through his mind? Where is everybody? A sinking feeling? Disbelief maybe? Lay and Griffin write this in their commentary. Perhaps weakness of character or fear led to the absence of patrons willing to risk loss of standing up for Paul. Brothers and sisters, may that never be counted among us. We're to stand up for the truth. We're to stand up for what is right. We're to stand up for what is holy. When a brother or sister is attacked, we're to rally around them. We have to stand with them. This, listen to this. At my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Listen to this godly man. May it not be charged against them. Uh, Logizomai is the Greek word there. Logizomai means to keep a record. The Apostle Paul says, May no record be kept against them. I'm 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 not gonna they didn't have evil back in the day of the Apostle Paul. But he could have written a huge list of friends and said, These people right here Paul says, No, 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 no. I'm I don't I don't play by that standard i don't live by that standard uh uh, i don't even want it held against them and uh, uh, again the uh, the apostle paul he was one of my i guess i have to confess this he was one of my favorite apostles but i'm going to tell you something as a pastor of 30 years It can be very hurtful. But the Apostle Paul did not let that hurt show. He rose above. He took higher ground. He says, I don't want, I don't want to make a list of names. That, that could have been done. He could have given it to the guard. It could have been circulated. The Apostle Paul says, I, I, no, no, no. I understand human weakness. And brothers and sisters, at times in our lives, we are weak. But those should be the, the exception to the rule. Forgiveness. The apostle Paul, even, now, these are friends now. <laughs> Alexander Coppersmith attacking him. His friends abandoning him. He's there in this just jail cell which is smelly and filthy. And it's not like jail cells today. He's not lashing out. In fact, when you read the language here, there's really no anger. There's there's no deep-rooted feelings here. It's very generic. Instead, notice what Paul says. But the Lord stood by me. The Lord stood by me. And strengthened me. Paristomi. Paristomi in the Greek means to be near. I want to tell everybody this this morning. The Lord is near those who are broken. And he saves as such as has a contrite spirit. That's Psalm 34, 18. God is near the broken hearted. Listen to me, and listen carefully. Those that are watching by Facebook, please listen to this. No matter where you are in your life today, no matter how bad things have gotten, no matter how far you think God is from you, if you are a born-again believer, he is near you every step of the way. And he's with you every step of the way. You never have to worry where, where God is in your life. He knows where you hurt. He knows your innermost thoughts. He knows your feelings. He knows at times you're, dis, you're disappointed. He knows at times that you're sad. He knows at times that things have gone away. People have, have gone away. He knows that. And I'm telling you, go back and read Psalm thirty four eighteen, And he strengthened me. Indonamo Indonamo and that means gives the ability to endure something. Again, I want to remind the church of a verse this morning. You know it well. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. That verse can be wrongly translated, but I will tell you this, that if you're in a bad spot this morning, God is with you and he will give you the strength to endure whatever it is you've got to endure. Somebody bad in your life that's, that's causing problems, watch them, stay clear of them. Some of your friends did stuff that really shocked you, let that go. The only weight that Paul was carrying in that prison was his chains. We've got to get to a place in our lives and we can just let this stuff go. Let it get off our back so that we can live for Christ in this world. Verse 17. That's right. We're getting close. So that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. There it is. Do you know when people go through hard times, difficulties. I've witnessed this at the hospital. Somebody going through a, diff- a, a, a difficult time. One of the nurses one day when I was up in Kankakee came in and this, this woman was struggling with, with, with breathing and, and ultimately with, with cancer. And I had walked into the room and, and and was talking with her. She's a born-again Christian. The nurse walked in and she goes, How are you able to deal with this? And do you know what this lady said? I have Jesus. What... What a witness to the nurse. What a witness to the, to the nurse. Paul didn't care about his life, brothers and sisters. He could care less about it. What he cared about was that the gospel message would go out into the world. We have got to get to the same place where we say, You know what? This, this life is not about me. I'm talking about myself too. This life is not about me. It is about the one who redeemed me. And I will share the gospel with my life and all of its complexities, all of its shortfalls and, and, and highs and lows in life. I'm going to be a witness for the gospel so that those who don't know Christ can come to saving faith in him. That's, that's, that's what we're about. That's what we should be about. And Paul said he didn't really care about anything else. All he wanted was the gospel message. And by the way, the gospel message is the greatest message to ever land upon earth. Do you know that? The gospel is good news. What is the good news? So we talk about, you know, people are going to spend eternity separated from God. I, yes, that is absolutely true. Why it is so good news, why we call it the, the good news, is that people don't have to spend eternity separated from God. They can be reconciled by Christ, Him dying on the cross, paying for our sins. They can be reconciled to Him and brought into the family of God so that they can have eternal life in their hearts. And that's the gospel message. It's the greatest story ever told. He says, All I wanted was the gospel to be preached in my life, whether I'm in my chains or free. He goes on to say here, So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Verse 17. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Is he talking about Emperor Nero? I don't think so. This is who I think he's talking about. Your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5.8 Let me remind you of this this morning. Satan cannot beat the child of God. Satan has no hold on the child of God. We will be victorious. Christ is on our side. He is with us and we will win. We will win. He, Paul even escaped the lion's mouth. But listen to what Paul says so softly here. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed. Please listen. Listen the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Got a picture here of Jesus embracing, I believe that's the demonic child, Jesus embracing him. The Apostle Paul is looking not at this world. He's looking at seeing the author of his faith face to face. Brothers and sisters, that's where our lives need to be lived. It is not in this world. If we get caught up in this world, we get bogged down in this world... We can't share the gospel. We can't love people the way we're supposed to. And it slows us down. Take off those shackles. If somebody hurt you this week, take it off. Lay it down. Give it to God. Move forward with your life. Loving people. Caring for people. And, and one of the great things about all this is someday, someday we're going to see Jesus face to face. Isn't that going to be a great day? That's what we live our lives for, to see Christ. So that's my word for you today.